This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Okay. If you are new to our church or you ain't been to church in a while, we are in a series called Timothy. And these are two books of the Bible, really you could say two letters in the Bible, that are written by an older man named Paul to a younger leader named Timothy. Paul writes these two letters to his young protege because he realizes Paul is aware. In fact, he'll say it this way, I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race. So Paul is very aware, I'm, I've done what I'm supposed to do, but my time is done. I'm about to be out, which means, Timothy, you're up. And because of my outness, that has come and brought on your upness. And God is saying these things to Timothy as a young leader because he realizes that you're about to be the new sheriff in town, young man. Timothy's probably in his 30s right now. He has traveled and spent time with Paul. He knows Paul. And Paul is writing these, these last words in 2 Timothy to this young man, and he's actually believing that this young man will do greater things than he did. Watch what he says here, 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is the second letter. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and was in your mother Eunice. Pause there. Those are great Bible names, but those are just great sweet names for America. Like Eunice and Lois from Nebraska. I'm like, they snuck all over the way over there to Thessalonica, how they do it. But Lois and Eunice is in the Bible. And I'm persuaded it's in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, what's Paul talking about there? He is acknowledging, I know that the faith that you received is a generational blessing. You received it from your grandmother and your mother that is in you. He's talking about physical family right there, which, by the way, I want to acknowledge and I want to applaud. Anybody thankful for your grandparents that love Jesus or your parents that love Jesus? Come on, clap, and let's thank the generations, come on, that instilled faith and godliness into our life. My father is a first-generation first Christian. He got saved when he was in college. He got, he got kicked out of his house when he was 16 years old. And when he was 16 years old, he started to get into drugs and alcohol and all. He was lost. And he walked in. He was in college. He walked into what he thought was a frat party. It was a Holy Ghost party. And he got drunk on something else. You know what I'm saying? And he walked out. He walked out of that meeting. And his life got changed because of the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, now, my mother is a first-generation first Christian. Both of my parents are first-generation believers. I have received and I have inherited so much just from their faith. I want to encourage somebody. Maybe you're the first-generation Christian in your family. Don't you worry about it. You are creating a legacy and creating a blessing that your children are going to walk in. Somebody clap your hands and thank your God for the reality you're going to be a grandparent in Jesus' name. He said, I saw it in grandma, and it was definitely in your mama. This is the first your mama reference in the Bible. <laughs> and I see it in you, son. 
this genuine faith that was in Eunice and Lois. Can't get over those names. He said, but I also want to ask you, make sure you stir up the gift that is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he has differentiated between physical family and spiritual family. He's saying, you got a blessing from your grandma and your mama, but I also gave you a spiritual gift. I also gave you something. Stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of, your, of, of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. He's reminding Timothy, Timothy, you don't have a spirit of fear on you. Fear is from the devil. Fear is from the enemy. He uses fear to convict you. He uses fear to mess with you. I'm going to expose you. I'm going to let everybody know what a fraud you are. He, he wants you to be plagued by fear of finance, plagued by fear of future, plagued by fear of relationship. He's the author of fear. He says to Timothy, you don't have a spirit of fear. Fear is not from God. You have a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a sound mind. What kind of power do you have? The power to forgive, the power to love, the power to raise up a city, the, the, the power to build a church, the power to be somebody awesome. You have the spirit of power and of love and sound mind. So Paul is writing to this young man, and he is telling him what he has, and he is letting him know what he doesn't have. Because he knows he is out, and I'm telling you what, this guy Timothy is up. I want to preach a message tonight. Write down the title. It's called Up and Out. Up and Out. And I feel like God has Zoe Church in these two books of the Bible because God is saying to you and I, it is time for you to step up. So-and-so is out. So, in fact, many of us understand what out looks like because maybe your father walked out on your family. Maybe your mom walked, maybe someone in your company or your business walked out on you. Maybe you had a friendship and that thing is out. Well, that's all right. God knows what is out, but he knows it's time to step up. God wasn't in heaven going like, OMG, we just lost Paul. What are we going to do? Who are we going to raise up? No, God, when you're playing checkers, God is playing chess. God is always three moves in front of you. That's why God said 20 years ago, we're going to start to raise up Timothy. We're going to start to develop Timothy. So when Paul is out, we're ready. Timothy's up. Don't you look at the thing that you're doing right now as being minute and weird and, and just boring. No, God has you doing something because he's raising you up. He's developing you. He is preparing you. He is getting you ready so that when they are out, come on, I wish you'd clap tonight. You are up. Why, why, why are we here? Why, why is Zoe in these books of the Bible? Because guess what? Since the early 1900s, God has been doing things in Los Angeles. He has been raising up leaders and churches and movements of God. Those times have passed. Guess what, Zoe? You're up. We're not waiting for another church. You are the church. We're not waiting for the gospel to move through somebody else. You are the gospel that will preach in the city of Los Angeles. And we're not saying, oh, they're out. No, it's just those times and those eras are done. God has raised you up for such a time as this. Clap if you agree tonight. Come on, they're out. I just, I don't know how to tell you any other way. You're up. I'm preaching message up and out. Let's pray together. 
and believe that God will come and speak to us tonight. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We thank you that it is alive and active. It is a sharper tool than any two-edged sword. Your word, Lord, it exposes us for who we really are. We ask tonight, let it direct us, let it shape us, let it mold us into the people that you have called us to become. We acknowledge that you are good, you are faithful, you are merciful, and you are kind. We love you for these reasons, and we worship you. And God, we thank you that you signified it last night with the Lakers' first game in the preseason, that the Warriors are out and the Lakers are up. We, we call you good for this reason in Jesus name and everybody said come on Angelinos clap right now they out we up in the name of Jesus <laughs> we're going to jump right in write down number one stir it up I'm going to give you two ups to write down and two outs to write down the first point tonight is that here's the first thing he says is stir it up Stir up the gift that is in you. This gift that is in you, he is basically saying, it is so important. It is so big. It is so valuable. Don't let it get cold. Don't let it grow dormant. Don't, don't let this muscle get atrophy. He said, I need you to stir up the gift that is within you. In other words, keep the coals hot. Keep the, keep the fire burning. Keep, keep everything active. Stir up the gift that is in you. I grew up going to buffets. Anybody else? Anybody love a good buffet? I didn't grow up going to nice buffets with like ham and deviled eggs. Okay, I grew up at the old country buffet. Holler at your boy if you feel me. Okay, I'm going to take my horse down to the old country buffet, okay? And we're going to ball out. I remember growing up, we used to go to the old country buffet and walk up to that thing. And remember seeing at the buffet, like, the beans or the mac and cheese. It looks like nobody's touched them in three days. And I'd be like, hey, just give me, just give me ten seconds with this spoon. And i just stir up that whole pan right like this. Give me three seconds, I'll make that thing look brand new. Because you got to, what God is saying, don't let your gift, just because you have a gift, doesn't mean it's stirred up. He said, no, stir up your faith. Stir up anything is possible. Stir up your imagination. Stir up your creativity. Stir up your encouragement. Otherwise, that stuff gets icky and cold. And you look at somebody and will go, wow, a year ago you were all on fire. A year ago you were serving God. A year ago you were in church. What happened to you? You didn't get stirred. That's why you got to be in. Why do you come to church to get stirred up in your faith? Why do you go to Connect Group this week to get stirred up in your faith? Why do you listen to worship music because you get stirred up in your faith? Why, why do you go to Growth Track and start serving on the ZST because serving will stir you up? I wonder if your problem is not that you don't have a gift. It's just you don't stir it. A lot of people going, man, I don't have what they have. Oh, to be that gifted. You, what? you got the same gift. You just don't know how to stir and the problem for most of us is that you are shaken by circumstance rather than stirred by your faith. He is saying, stir up the gift of your faith. Stir up the gift that I get. Paul knows a thing or two about laying on of hands. Paul the apostle, before he was a church leader, used to be an atheist. He was against God. In fact, God got a hold of his life while he was on a road to Damascus to go kill Christians. He gets blinded in the middle of the day. And God speaks to him while he's blind. 
He says, don't worry, somebody's going to come. His name is Ananias. And he's going to lay his hands on you. And you'll recover your sight. Watch, watch how it says, this is Acts 9, these two verses. And, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Watch when it happens in verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to lay my hands on you, and you're not just going to get your sight, you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, what most of us need to understand is that you need a pastor. You need someone in authority. You need someone that's older than you to lay their hands on you and say, I'm going to give you a gift that's on me and in me. I give it to you. I'm thankful that we're a part of a church and we're a part of connect groups that we can pray for one another and lay hands on one another and we can see the gift of God explode in our life. Come on, clap tonight if you want the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the gift that's in you, 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 can't get, you can't get at Nordstrom. The gift that's in you, you can't get on Amazon Prime. The gift that is in you, it's a spiritual gift. It's a gift from God. The gift, that, the gift that God gives, he gives through the laying on of hands. He says, I recognize your grandmother and your mama had a genuine faith, but, but I doubled down on it and I laid my hands on you. So you've got the gift of God that's in the, within you. He says, Timothy, I'm going to be out. You're going to be up. You better stir that thing up. The first thing he says is stir up the gift, and then he talks about protecting the gift. Write down number two, stand up. Stand up for your gift. Stand up for your life. Stand up for the deposit. Stand up for what's been installed into you and instilled into you. In other words, you got to understand that this is not going to be so easy. The enemy is going to try and come in and rob you of your innocence and rob you of your gift. The enemy doesn't just want your mind. He wants the gift of God on your life. He's going to rob that thing and trash it and mess with it. He said, no, 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 you guard. Watch how he says it in the scriptures. Put it up on the screen. He said, allow the healing words that you've heard from me to live in you and make them a model for life as your faith and your love for the anointed one grows even more. He said, guard well this incomparable treasure by the Holy Spirit of holiness living within you. Guard well. Other, other, other translations say protect. Guard well the deposit that God has made in your life. Now, L.A., we know a thing or two about deposit. We live in Los Angeles. And you go to rent an apartment or you go to rent a house and you're going to put down a big deposit. Somebody say amen. And when you put down your deposit, the one thing that you will do is you'll go to your house and you say, no, no dings on the wall. And we're going to watch everything and we're going to be really careful and we're not going to mess with it. Because when we're done here, we want to get all of our deposit back. God is saying, I put a deposit on your life. And when I call for it, I want all of it there. He said, guard the deposit that I, I gave you gift. I gave you influence. I gave you favor. Come on, somebody clap right now. God said, I, I made a deposit. That's my deposit. That's why I put that down on you. Guard well. Protect well. Don't Remember, the enemy comes in to steal and kill and destroy. Guard it. Don't let circumstance take it away. 
Don't let bad friends take it away. Don't let naysayers take it away. Guard the deposit. Stand up. Say, no, 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 no. You're not devil. You're a liar. You're, you're fear-based. I'm not giving in to you. I'm guarding what God put in me. You're not just going to run in and run out of my house like you got a key to this thing. The door is locked. I got Nest, Ring, and ADT. You better go somewhere. I'll never forget when I was in Bible college, the first time I lived in L.A., I lived on the east side. And um, shout out to the east location, launching in January. And, um, and, but this is far east. And, um, and, and so I lived in San Dimas. And the, the AMC we used to go to was in Azusa. And, okay. <laughs> shout out to Azusa. Ain't been there since. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so we used to go to the AMC. And so one night in Bible college, we were like, all right, we're going to go watch a movie together. And so, you know, like, it doesn't matter how old you get. We're all in middle school. So all the guys get in one car and the girls get in one car. And so the guys get there. We got there faster, you know. You know. And, um, and so we're there in the ticket line, and we're about to buy our tickets. And, and I hear, when I'm in the ticket line, from the main parking lot entrance, I hear the girls that we're rolling with, they're yelling for help. Help! And they start driving real fast towards us. And behind them is a car. It's a dark car. And this car's chasing them. So you know your boy's kind of gangster. <laughs> so when they said help, I was like, and I didn't even think, I just ran. I just ran towards the car. No plan, just ran. And I, and I ran, and our girls, they went, went this way, and the other car went that way. And then when they were starting to get far away, then I started yelling, that's right. <laughs> I wait until they're mad far away. Don't you come back. <laughs> In my head, I was like, dang, what if they would have got out of the car? What would you have done? <laughs> Thank you for your angels. <laughs> But, I, but I, I like that my first reaction was when there is an invader and a perpetrator, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, no, 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 you're not just going to mess with our people that we care about. I wonder if you realize that your life is under attack, that you realize that the enemy wants to do everything he can to take away what has been deposited by the Holy Spirit in your life. He is saying, Timothy, this is not going to be a walk in the park. Timothy, you are marked because it's your time to step up. Guard well. Just protect the deposit that is in your life. Clap right now if you're down to guard and protect what God has put in you. Come on, through the blessing of spiritual leadership and your family. So the first ones are up. He says, stir it up and, and, and st step up. And the, and the next one, write down number three, stand out. I like how it develops because the first two, Paul really talks about the gift and the grace that's on you. And he's acknowledging there's a grace on you. You're gifted. But Timothy, we don't worship gift. We're not in love with talent. He pivots and he starts to talk about character. Because he's basically saying, Timothy, your grace and gift will get you to the stage. But your character will keep you on the stage. Your gift is going to give you a mic. But your character is going to keep the mic in your hand. We don't worship grace. Everybody in the church got a grace. Everybody in life has gift. God loves everybody. He said, we don't worship gift. 
we are the people that want to have the right character before the Lord. Watch, watch, watch how he says it. Put it here. He says, but in a great house. Now what he's referring to right there is in all of Christianity. In the house of God as a whole. In all, of the, all around the world, all the nations, all the Christians. In God's great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, and some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Oh, gosh, I love this part. I'm going to start yelling again. Therefore, if anyone cleanses themselves, and sanctifies their life. They will be set apart. And they will be useful for the master. In other words, there's gifting all over the place. And there's grace everywhere. And God loves everybody. But he's saying, Tim, I need you to stand out. That you don't have part holy, part messing around. Part in church, part playing church games. I need you to be sanctified. I need you to be holy. I need you, I need you to be prepared for every good work. Paul, Paul will use this line seven times in his writing. Seven times he says, prepared for every good work. Prepared for every good work. I need you to be prepared for every good work. That's his way in our translation. That is, stay ready so you don't got to get ready. He is saying, I want you to live your life that you are ready. God, what do you want to do with me? God, how do you want to use me? God, if you want to send me somewhere. God, if you want my money, it's yours. God, if you want my time, my time is yours. God, I'm going to stay here in a position of preparedness. And I'm not going to have contamination. And I'm not going to have a bad attitude because I want to be useful come on anybody want to be useful to God he this this if you study out what he's saying here is he's saying I need you to have a relationship with the master so the master knows he can use you translation I can only work with people that text me back Translation, you can only work with people that you know. He said, I need you to know the master. I need the master to know. I need you to send a signal. I'm clean. I'm good. My intentions are clean. My heart is clean. I am pure. I want to be stand out. I know there's a lot of people in the church, but Lord, I just want to let you know I want to step up and I want to stand out. I want to stir up and I want to stand out. And I hope that when you look down, you go, whoo, there is a person with pure motives. Whoo, that is a person that's humble. Oh, that is a person that's broken before me. Oh, that is a person that I can trust with money. Oh, that is a person I can give influence and give more influence and and I can trust them. Come on. God is looking for somebody that would stand out as a vessel for honor. Come on, Zoe, clap right now. He's not asking us to be like all the other churches. He's not asking us to be like everybody else. He's saying, stand out, Zoe. Stand out. I took my six-year-old to his soccer game yesterday. They say we don't keep score. We lost 8-0. to zero. My son had the audacity after the game to say, Dad, do I get a trophy today? I bit my lip and I was like, no. (laughs) And six-year-olds play soccer in herds. It's like a ball and 12 kids. (laughs) All you see is green jerseys and blue jerseys. But yesterday there was some kid, he looked like Ronaldo's son. And he 
and scoring goals and dancing on us. I leaned over to somebody on the sidelines and said, these kids are all six? These are all six-year-olds? And they go, no, they go, no, I think it goes up to eight years old. Eight years old are in here? Like, that's not cool, man. Where's the six-year-olds? Because Pele's dancing on us. A lot of kids playing soccer. One stands out. I wonder if you could become the one in your company that will stand out. The one at Zoe Church that would say, man, we got a lot of people here. But, man, they stand out. They're clean. They're pure. They got good character. Most of L.A. is like, look at their talent. God's like, I don't look at talent. Man looks on the outward appearance. I look at the heart. I am more interested in character than I am talent. I'm the one that gives gifts. You can't wow me with gift. I'm wowed by someone that says I'm a vessel for honor. Come on, clap, Zoe. We are separating ourselves. We are sanctifying ourselves. We are setting our lives apart. Lord, I want to be used. Why do we, why, why is that a prayer? Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the grave. He gave us everlasting life. This world is not my home. I am going to a better place while I'm here. Lord, use me. I don't live for this earth. This world is not my home. So, so, so he, talks about, he talks about the up, and then he's talking about the out. He says, I want you to stand out. And the last one, write down number four. The last one, number four, is split out. Because the only way you can stand out is if you split out. There is no standing out without splitting out. Your splitting out will determine your standing out, but you'll never stand out until you split out. Watch how he says it in these scriptures, and I'll prove it to you. Flee also youthful lusts. But pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Worship team, you can come join me. Flee also youthful us. Now, when the Bible says youthful us there, I do not want you to get hung up and begin to think right away when you see youthful us, you think it's seductive or sexual. That's not what the Bible's talking about. The Bible is not talking about your youthful mistakes of makeout sessions when you was in middle school. And a lot of you smiled weirdly like, <laughs> like I remember. <laughs> you sickos. <laughs> Disgusting. Put up this verse again. Flee also youthful lusts. What are those? Youthful lusts are the things that the enemy sent at you when you were in your youth that were targeted to take you out. The things that were tripping you up and messing with you when you were 12 and 15 and 18 and 21. The youthful stuff, rebellion, bad attitude, perversion, messing around, drugs, alcohol, the stuff that the enemy said, we're going to get you in your youth. He says, flee your youthful lust. By the way, do you ever notice about life? The stuff that was messing with you when you were 12 is the same stuff that's messing with you right now. Because the enemy knows if we can get your number at 12 and 14 and 16, we can send that same spirit and that same tactic and that same attack on you the rest of your life. You can go to the old folks' home and see people in their 80s and you can see 80-year-olds in a bad attitude acting like they're 12. He says, flee your youthful lust. 
But it's not that we're just going to run from this. We're going to replace a negative with a positive. He says, flee your youthful lust, but pursue. Pursue what? Righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. It's not just that I'm running from the stuff. My attitude, my tendencies, my old self, my old nature. I'm running to God. I'm running to pursue. I'm running to righteousness. I'm running to love. You got to split out of this stuff. Some of you, your biggest problem is you go back to who you used to be in high school and back to who you used to be in college. And God is saying, that's the old you. Here's the new you. That's the old thinking. Here's the new thinking. And you'll never get a standout until you split out of who you used to be. And God is calling us to be a church and to be a people that says that stuff that used to mess with me and hang me up and cause me to stumble I will not stumble over that the rest of my life. I will be holy. I will be pure. I will be a vessel useful for the master. The opposite would be to fall in love with grace and gift and to go, I don't have to have character because I have so much grace. Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's saying, hey, man, just a heads up. God didn't use me and give me the opportunities that I had. And I didn't have the effective ministry by dabbling around and having one foot in holiness and one foot in compromise. It was not me having mixture in my life of being one person on the platform and another person in my home. He said, it's actually just my ability to go. Here's a faithful saying. Christ died for sinners. I'm the worst. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. He said, if you can keep that spirit, Timothy, as I step out, I know you'll step up. My confidence in your stepping up is not in the gift I put in you. It's not in you you guarding the deposit. My confidence in you is that you separate your life, sanctify it, and you become useful for the master. My confidence in you is that you're going to flee that stuff. Tim, I'm well aware of your youthful lust. I'm well aware. I met you when you were a young man. I know who you used to be. But God called you out of darkness and into light. So I'm asking you to pursue righteousness. Come on, man of God. Come on, Zoe Church. Come on, why don't we just thank God right now. I'm about to step up because I know something else is stepping out of my life.